stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! It took three weeks to harness and gather my very stable genius. We're back! It's Motorsport 101. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year! Hey, welcome back! Good to be with you. It's episode 118 of the Motorsport 101 podcast. I am your friendly neighbour, that's Mr. Andre Harrison. And yes, as I said, Happy New Year, everybody! Glad to have you with us in the year of our Lord 2018. And uh, yeah, New Year, new us! Well, not really, actually. It's the same old Motley Crew you've, you've known and loved for about 60 episodes now. Let's get him out of the way. Ryan King, hello, sir. Hey, hey. <laughs> I've been, you know, doing that much. Just the usual. Nice to know you've been very captivating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so captivating, guys. Cutting yeah. edge. It's, it's, it's why you listen to this show, everybody, clearly. <laughs> Um, it, it's true. He has he has an incredibly aggressive DM game going. Oh my god! <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. Mention the bodies. <laughs> oh god! I... Yeah, let, let's move on. <laughs> for see, for once, I showed mercy from being too incriminated, and this time it's RJ that lays the hammer. Okay, I see how this is. Um... <laughs> Speaking of which, he missed out on his on a chance of meeting Joseph Newgarden in Nashville today. Mr. R.J. O'Connell, hello, sir. I gave sir. that up so I could be with you, and I and I just I want to say it's great to be back for another season. Uh, it's also great that I don't have to watch any more Buffalo Bills football. I got enough playoffs out of that Buffalo versus Jacksonville game. Ooh, ooh, that was that was unwatchable football. I turned over to Bama, Georgia, two of the most conservative, smothering grind your bones in a paste SEC teams playing the college football national championship. And I was just like, wow, there's so much scoring. They scored multiple touchdowns in this game. I've never heard of such a thing. At, le- at least all the Western New Yorkers got to break every single table in, this- in Central Florida. It's fine. Oh my. Even, uh, even newborns got to break tables. It was great. <laughs> it was like it's- the tiniest table break. It was like, this is R.G. O'Connell's first day on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. But um, I know we haven't really got to keep in it one-on-one this week because we're a little bit pressed for time. I'll explain why in a minute. But we have to mention this as well, R.J. Holy shit, Rob Cross did the damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> he did it. He did it in his first year of the BDC World Darts Championship. He beat Phil Taylor in the final, and that was after the best damn of darts they've probably ever played at the Alexandra Palazandra. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I, w- I wish we could talk about it more because there was so much to take away from the knockout rounds. We had the rise of Jamie Lewis, who made it all the way to the semi-finals before he got a new nickname. His... He got a new nickname during the middle of the tournament. What was it? I missed this. He, he, he went from Rasta to Fireball. Although I don't, I'm not sure if that was like actually a thing that happened before the tournament. I also know Rob Cross <laughs> didn't get his own television logo, and he won the damn thing. And he's going to be in the Premier League. <laughs> 
they did indeed confirm that. Yes, um, we 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 and RJ were guessing this the entire tournament. Like, who's going to be the ten they're going to pick? And they find out after the final that, uh, well, because Rob Cross won the tournament, he's now actually the three seed, which means he gets an automatic spot anyway. Not that it really mattered. It was going to be him and Daryl Gurney is like the two like young resurgent guys getting the spots anyway. It was just a matter of what order. So it, it was MVG, Wright, Cross, Anderson, who now is actually ranked below Rob Cross. Amazing that. Um, Gurney, Sulevich, um, Barney, uh, Gerwin Price makes his Premier League debut. Yes, and uh, the last two are Michael Smith and Simon Whitlock, which was a bit of a surprise to Dre. But at the same time, nobody else was like good enough on their merit, especially towards the end of last season. Yeah, like I was a little bit bummed up about that, but I kind of understand it given that two of the bigger names in Adrian Lewis and Dave Chisnell had pretty awful second halves of the year. So. You should have put Paul Lim in. Put Lim in. Yes, that was so much fun, given that he almost had that nine data. Oh! And Phil Taylor came even closer. <laughs> Phil Taylor was Phil Taylor's literally bounced off the wire in the final. That would have been like the perfect capping off of uh, of Taylor's career. But uh, congratulations to Rob Cross, four hundred thousand pound payday. Yeah, he's only winning doing that. electrical work as a hobby now. Yes, good. Good to know. Um, they've already confirmed half a million top price for next year's tournament. Whew! Dreams. <laughs> Lord! Should yeah, we kick it over fun. to Glasgow? There I said mm. it right this year. It is a new me and a new us. Glasgow! <laughs> <laughs> we should indeed, because uh, our resident super sub is back with us again. Hello, Zoe. Hello. <laughs> My attempt to put you in a sugar coma field. You tried. You tried very hard. Um, I've demolished like a good half ton of white chocolate peppermint fudge, and it was delicious. Um, Zoe baked. Zoe baked me and my family fudge and tablet. She is such a good. Uh, um, I, I have to now drown her in cuddles when I go to Glasgow later this year. <laughs> like, yes. Goodwood has been dropped. Ignition Festival has taken over. Yeah, we both realise that Goodwood is basically just stupidly rich and excessive for us. And hey, maybe next year. Um, that and all the series we kind of want to see drivers from, we're kind of racing. Yeah, like, because it clashes with IndyCar and Formula E this year for some stupid reason. Um, Lord Mark, get your calendar working properly, for God's sake. Um, but uh, yeah... Most likely next year for that one. But hey, I'm probably going to go up there for the Ignition Festival in August because I've already got that week off work. Hooray! So... And Jim Clark room. You, you are not going to cease until you drag me into that Jim Clark room kicking and screaming, aren't you? <laughs> Liar! <laughs> I, I, I don't believe you in the slightest. Right. Quickly, places you can find us. Um, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. And hey, we just crossed 250,000 video views. Yeah! Hey! Thanks, everybody. Much appreciated. Glad you guys have been enjoying the video content. There's been a lot of that in the last three weeks, by the way. Two Dre Brief episodes from yours truly and a video blog. I highly recommend you check out, in particular, the video blog. It relates to something we're going to be talking about in about 10, 15 minutes' time on the show. It involves a certain blessed one. You'll see what I mean. But um, I make a startling confession in in said video blog. Um, I'll give you a hint. The title is called The Frustrations of a Closet Hamilton Fan. Um, 
Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I might just hide now, quite frankly. Like, I'm going to Autosport this weekend. I'm going to be like, oh, look, it's the Hamilton fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be shamed and humiliated. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be quite a thing. But I have to say as well, on, I'll say this on the air as well, a massive shout out to Hazel Southwell, whose column is a tremendous one. And it, it, it basically inspired me to do that video blog in the first place. If you haven't checked it out already, I will put a link to it in the description of the video and in this podcast as well. Um, so if you haven't already, read it and then watch that video blog. It'll make a hell of a lot more sense afterwards. Um, so yeah, a lot of YouTube stuff on there lately. There's a new MotoGP episode of Didre Brief that came out today as we take this on uh, Tuesday, January 9th. Um, talking about, well, just how freaking great 2017 was in general, to be honest. There's another one up later this week on Jonathan Ray as well. So, you know, check that out when you get a chance already. Um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. And if you want to follow us on our personal Twitters, we are at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, at RJ O'Connell, and at WeZoe. Um, and if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. And we can announce we've had a little change to the Patreon structure, so to speak. I um, mean, you may not have seen this post. We put it up on our Patreon page initially. You can, you can read it right now. Again, as I mentioned, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. It's not cordoned off or anything like that. Anybody can read it. It's a public post. Uh, and it talks about some of the updates we're going through in 2018. We've had a little chat, like us, us and the boys beat our heads together, um, and we came up with a little, with a couple of plans and stuff uh, for the new year and whatnot. Um, so I've already talked about some of these in Bike Live. If, if, you, if you listened to Bike Live earlier this week, which I'll get to later, I talked about it a little bit there as well. So if you haven't, you can skip, you can fast forward three minutes. You have my permission on that one. It's all good. Um, but if you haven't already, here is what you need to know, basically. First one, format changes. We promise we're going to try and keep to about two hours from here on in. Um, it's a soft limit. Obviously, there'll be shows where we'll go a little bit beyond that and a little bit underneath, of course. But we're going to try and keep it to roughly two hours a show from here on in. Um, reason why is that some of these shows went a little bit, like, needlessly long. Like, for example, our end-of-year review show, that was, I, I think, a good three and a half hours. Something like that, and we could have easily split it in two. And, and that's the thing. If we do go beyond two hours and we feel like creatively it's better if we can split a show... We'll split it. Um, I don't think you'll have to wait more than two days for individual parts, so to speak. Um, we do love going long sometimes, but we appreciate that you guys listening have lives too. And a three and a half hour podcast is a big commitment um, that you're probably not going to get through in one sitting. So, yeah, we'll make it more convenient for you guys that way. Um, that's the plan, at least. Um, more videos. Um, that's certainly the plan, at least from I'm sitting. Um, luckily, my real-life job managing a bookies hasn't been quite so hectic lately. Hooray. Um, which is nice. So, hopefully, um, I'll have a little bit more time to make um, at least a video a week from here on in. Whether it be a video blog, whether it be a Dre Brief, something along those lines. Also, we, we record this show on Discord, in case you guys didn't know already. Discord is adding more and more video chat functionality as time goes on. 
And, well, we're going to try and screen grab it in future. We're going to try and experiment with this. Hopefully that means it's going to be a lot easier um, to have more podcast highlights on YouTube. Because, again, you guys are going to be busy. We, and, and, you know, we're going to use YouTube basically as our main avenue. Consider it the Monday Night Raw to our pay-per-views, so to speak. Um, we're going to try that much more frequently um, in the early parts of the year leading up to the 2018 season. Um, and whatnot, so hopefully that'll work out, um, because compared to what we normally do, which was basically finding a whole bunch of still images and video footage that doesn't breach copyright, it can be quite a time-consuming process. That's why we kind of stopped doing podcast highlights towards the end of last year. Um, also, um, we mentioned the Patreon tiers a minute ago. Our Discord server where we're recording, you can now have the possibility of accessing it. Um, we've redone the tiers again a little bit. Now, as a $10 reward, if, if you back us for 10 bucks a month, not only do you get obviously, obviously the $5 access as well, um, you now get access to our Discord server. You can chat with us. You know, that's such an appealing thing, apparently. <laughs> I even might drop in every once in a while. You know... That's nice. Sort of. Back me up here, people. Hang up with us. <laughs> We're fine. We have no social lives. <laughs> <laughs> we really don't. Some more than others. Like, we, we really don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably going to be, like, unbearable during the Winter Olympics, so have fun with that. <laughs> hey, I love the Winter Olympics, so I'm looking forward to that shit. Um, that's, that, that, that stuff's fun. But, um, yeah, and, of course, uh, uh, alongside that, you can actually listen to the show as it happens. You'll you be able to sit in, you can mute your microphone, but you can listen to the show as we record it right now, which, you know, has to sound a little bit cool, right? Zoe's been doing that for months, and she's been stealing our rent ever since. <laughs> now, she's been here so long, we've actually let her on the show now. <laughs> yeah, and your little messages and wee bits of info. Yeah, like like shoving Ryan Blaney's hair down our throats. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> it is great hair. Yeah, he's donating his lovely locks and his his sweet mustache. Oh, sigh. It'll grow we back. We all know Pensky has a. We all know Pensky has a clean shaven and. I mean, even Disney, I think, relaxed their rules. Sigh. Anyway, like I said, if you if you back us at ten bucks a month, you can now access our Discord server and listen to shows live as they happen. You can have you can actually input the direction of this show slightly. How cool does that sound? Um, also, later this month and through February, we'll be doing the Motorsport One Hundred and One Film Club. Yes, we're actually doing it this time. We did we did a couple more tests. The tech we we using for it did actually work out. So we're actually going to sit down and watch some movies together. It's going to be a free film list for now. Um, the three films in question are... Well, and uh, just to mention, they are of definitely various quality. Um, Grand Prix, arguably the greatest most movie of all time. That's great. Days of Thunder, which it's again, right. yeah, it's, it's decent. And Driven. Oh, buddy, I have not seen it. <laughs> I could say I've managed to avoid that as well. <laughs> oh, we strap yourselves in. It is a fun one, boy. <laughs> it's quite the show. Um, if you guys like them and you really like them, we might do a couple more over the summer break. Um, we've already got Rush on 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 the preview list for for the summer break. If people really like it, so hey, that's a thing. And of course, as mentioned, Bike Live is having an off season. If you haven't heard it already. 
Um, we now have Bike Live is back in for its first ever off-season. We did a special episode this past Monday, which is now live. It is called The Making of 93. It's a Mark Marquez-related special, um, all about some of his greatest moments, what makes him tick, his titles... Could he be the greatest rider we've ever seen? All of that fun stuff in there as well. We're doing a bunch of specials between now and World Superbike season starting off in late February. So check that out on a fortnightly basis as well. So, there it is. Um, that is all the updates you really need to know for now. With that most 101 in 2018. Hope you guys enjoy that. Obviously, keep sending your feedback in as well. I'm, I personally am always open to ideas. Um, so, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that stuff. Okay, no keeping it one on this week, so we're going to get into the massive catch up with the news. Oh boy, we missed, we missed some people we missed a lot of news we got three weeks worth of stuff to catch up on more on that soon but first to get into the new year spirit given that we are now in god the second week of 2018 now already uh, only 50 to go until christmas yay um <laughs> we are going to try and set ourselves some new year's motorsport resolutions because you know new year new me going to the gym is boring like, going through dry Januarys for boring people. Let's get some resolutions going. Um, so, King, what's your New Year's motorsport resolution? Ooh, New Year's motorsport rebel- <laughs> resolution. Oh, God. Revolution could easily apply here, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. If you need a minute to think, because I, I think I know what Trace is going to be. Yeah, I need, really, a, I need a minute to think. I I, I want to defer to someone else. Should we get mine out of the way then? Sure. Yeah, I'm going cold turkey on Ferrari. Oh, <laughs> like that, that's gonna be pretty hard to do because like you're going to Autosport International and like the main feature of Autosport this year is being about Ferrari. <laughs> listen, listen. I can admire their, their road and previous racing cars from a distance and not drink the Kool-Aid if they're going to win the championship this year. Like, you know what was the worst part about this? I first kind of teased this on Twitter last night and, like, all of the other Ferrari heads on Twitter were like, Dre, don't do it. You're going to give in. And I'm like, you guys don't know me very well. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the show last year? Do you know how I basically put my nuts in a bear trap thinking that Vela was going to win the title in episode 72? Thinking that, you know, I, I, I went all in on, on Sebastian Vettel winning the title and I was basically punched in the dick as a result of this through Singapore, some dodgy spark plugs and general Ferrari nonsense again. We're not, I'm not doing this again, people. I'm not doing this. It's like... No, I'm not doing it. Like, I don't care how much Snapple you taunt me with. It, it's not happening. I am not backing Sebastian this year for the title. It's going to be Lewis Hamilton. We, we, we will accept our blessed Puma shoe by an overlord. Like, it is not going to happen, people. Would okay? you take him at 5-4? Uh, 
because that's the odds on Hamilton right now. We'll get to that in a second here. Yeah, like I think it's like I've seen this the other day. Like I, I did him in a double with Mark Marquez to win the MotoGP title, and I got it for sixteen to five. That's I put good. fifty quid on it. That's good. Uh, that's good. That's very, very good. Um, yeah, like, ama- amazingly, Marquez's odds are shorter. He's ten to eleven to win the MotoGP World Title this year. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, the th- I, I'm, a, I'm a bit annoyed. I'm a bit annoyed because I got Hamilton. Because like Hamilton was thirteen to eight through the winter, and he's now gone down to six to five on Skybet now, which is really annoying. <laughs> but um, I'm going cold turkey on Ferrari support. I'm not having this. <laughs> um, my New Year's motorsport resolution is to. In addition to just being generally more positive, because I think in the heat of, like, motorsport competition, we all tend to get, like, really just, you know, cranky, snarky. I don't know what it is. I'm just trying to take a more positive outlook on things, not trying to take it as seriously. And also watch more IMSA. Oh, and get back to the IndyCar Grand Prix of Alabama, because I miss that place. I think that's really Be nice. Like, I think your resolution might be harder than mine. Like, <laughs> like being positive about motorsport sometimes is really fucking hard. Like, you do realize this, right, RJ? Yeah, that's that, you know that is a tough thing. I get it. But if I, but if I just sulk in the negativity, I'm not gonna enjoy this anymore. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, like, just what, just 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 watch more bike racing via totally illegal sources. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's another thing I want to get back into doing as well. It's a brighter world out there, RJ. I promise you. Like, just c- chop a couple of the wheels off. Support Dorna-related products. <laughs> support they have to- Dorna-related products. They <laughs> seem to have the right idea right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, they, they pretty much own it all. Pretty much. Maybe, maybe, maybe get Alice to send you some BSB tapes. <laughs> perfect, perfect, wonderful. <laughs> Zoe, do you have a New Year's racing resolution? Bake more fudge. That's not it's sport too... specific. <laughs> it's just a resolution in general. <laughs> um, probably try not to get so crazy mad at the fan boost. <laughs> well, that's a fail. Yeah, um, because, like, if, if we realize anything, like, fan boost is effectively pointless. Like... <laughs> yeah. But it's still... It's still, I, it's like, it got announced at the start, and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not even looked at the fan base standings to now. I'm avoiding it. I'm avoiding it, and I'm not going to look at it so I don't get mad, and I don't start ranting. So, yeah, I'm going to try to do that for the whole year. In before Lucas Degrassi wins it every weekend this season, and Zoe pulls her hair out. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for some Degrassi at Wemmy. <laughs> I'm not here for his hot takes, though. <laughs> right, King. Yeah, have you been something? It's probably actually watch Indie Lights because, like, last year I did not watch Indie Lights at all. <laughs> yeah, we should watch Indie Lights. Yeah, it's a it's a good series with a good car and a good format. Yeah, Colton Hart is going to be a beast. Yeah, because Andretti is running four cars next year. Junkos is expanding to three cars. Like Indy Lights Ooh. is looking like they're actually going to have a deep, like a large field. I'm fifty fifty on my boy Santiago Urrutia. Uh, the possibility they might have to come back to the third season, which he doesn't necessarily need. But on the other, it's like 
Yeah, Santi's back. Yay. That's a good one. So that's a good one. So we're going to watch more Indie Lights, maybe watch more bike racing, generally try to look at motorsport with a brighter gaze and stop drinking the Ferrari Kool-Aid. Sounds like a good plan, actually. Um, like, we're going to be a better podcast this year for it in before Hamilton wins in March <laughs> and we're all just bitter as shit again. <laughs> like, like, watch what's going to happen. In Australia, Hamilton will win by, like, 10 seconds. It will be the 5 out of 10 race and we're all just going to be there just cynical as shit again. <laughs> <laughs> like, just you wait and see, people. Just this you is, wait this and is see. When we, this is when we pivot from being a motorsport podcast to being a podcast about hardline communism while still taking in <laughs> half a million monthly in Patreon donations. Let's. <laughs> I can't wait for it. I, for one, em- em- embrace our communist overlords. Right. <laughs> Into the news and... Man, have we missed a lot. Like, this was probably the biggest social media story over Christmas in in terms of motorsport because our prodigal son, Mr. Lewis Hamilton, purged his social media. Now, there is... He, he, he did indeed log off and um, has not really come back since. Um, there's some context behind this, obviously. I believe this dropped on Christmas Day originally. Um, it was a video on his Instagram stories feed. Yeah. And it was a 12-second clip of him mocking his young nephew um, for wearing a dress. Um now, the funny thing was the one the person that broke this on Twitter is actually a decent friend of mine. Um Nabila, if you're listening, hi. Um Nabs was the one who dropped it on Twitter. I think that's now got over like seven thousand retweets since. <laughs> so it's kind of funny seeing someone in the motorsport circle I actually know get flooded with notifications. It's kinda of bonkers. Um but yeah, um holy shit. This turned into a, a, a firestorm very quickly. Um, motorsport blew up. It, it got some good mainstream media attention as well, like the Metro newspaper here picked it up, and a, a fair few comedians over here picked it up, like Frankie Boyle and Ramesh Ragnana. TMZ uh, picked it up. Yeah, like, it went into circles of Twitter that I follow that had, like, no, like... I had, right. I had no idea they knew anything about motorsport. Whereas, like, I see like Dan Snow, like the 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 historian, like tweeting about him, like what? Yeah, yeah. This this went viral. This went mainstream media viral, and as a result, Hamilton wrote a lengthy apology on his Twitter, and then the day afterwards, deleted every Instagram post on his page, and then the day after that, deleted pretty much every tweet he's ever had. At least going back to 2013, according to my phone, anyway. Um, yeah, and this this very quickly broke down into two camps. Either the let children be happy camp, or the oh my god, it's just a joke bro camp. Um, <laughs> which, it's, which, which interestingly enough, you know the, you know the, uh, the second camp comprises mostly of people who had no problem blocking Lewis Hamilton on their own for just anything Lewis Hamilton seems to do. But all right. of a sudden, when people when people want to hold Lewis account, Hamilton accountable for uh, for something that even people admit was a very stupid thing to post, they're just like, "Oh my goodness, political correctness run rampant, social justice warriors." 
Yeah. Um, in fact, it got so toxic it led me to take in a four-day break off Twitter altogether. I but straight see, up deactivated see, my account. That's for the best, honestly. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This is too toxic. It was combined with another situation regarding a certain young Formula One journalist, which I'm not going to get into on this podcast. You Sebast- know who it is. Sebastian Vettel had the right idea. He's the only one who remains logged off. <laughs> Again, like, probably for the best. Like, I I got into it with several people um, during the course of that f- firestorm. Prominent league races and prominent F1 YouTubers, to say the least. Um, it encouraged me to make a, a, a video about it. Um, it's the 20th episode of the Dre Brief was Lewis Say Yes to the Dress, and it's all about said video, if you haven't seen it already. Something you may want to consider um, on the YouTube channel. It's one of my favorite shows I've done so far, to be honest. I, I really liked how it came out. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm not even sure where we even start on this one, because there like, there's layers to this. But yeah. I am... Like, because I, I, I genuinely believe people in the camp of let, of again, let let kids be kids generally have the right idea. Yeah. But I, but I also am of the belief that I think the the reaction, um, to this was also maybe a little bit over the top. <laughs> and in fairness, it wasn't the dumbest uh, video social media related post over our break. Hi, Logan Paul. How are you doing? <laughs> Terrible? I hope so. As yeah. as I just t- posted in our Discord chat, because the moment you say that, YouTube just announced that they will do something about it. Um, yeah, in yeah. other news, fuck Logan Paul, first of all. Um, you know, out um, of all of this, we forgot to mention that there is a new king of Formula One Instagram. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Kimi Raikkonen enjoyed Instagram during during the Christmas period, and he's already got now like 350,000 plus Instagram followers. Yeah, he he is he is the king that we did not know that we needed on Instagram. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So yeah, like this is literally just broken so we're a little bit in shock of that still, but I'm going to try and steer it back towards what happened a little bit. Like I said, I genuinely believe that people that said, you know, let kids be kids generally have the right idea. I do also think that the reaction was a little bit over the top, from especially given, again, it, it went mainstream viral. But I would also say, you guys wanted Lewis Hamilton to be a megastar. Well, this is the consequence. Yeah. If, 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 like, like, Lewis has never been particularly good at handling himself on the internet, unfortunately. He's had a backdated record of, of badly handling media, badly handling social media. Um, and he's putting his foot on it on several occasions during his Formula 1 career. If you want Lewis to be a megastar, you're going to have to accept that he's going to be criticised by people that may be, you know, may not necessarily be in a motorsport circle. He may, may get a, a amount of criticism that is larger than if any other driver. As I mentioned it in my video blog that, yeah, like, he's not the only Formula 1 driver that's had social media faux pas or has generally acted stupid. I mentioned my own my own favourite driver, Sebastian Vettel, who was basically a very awkward flirt towards anyone female who interviews him. Or Sergio Perez, who once referenced the women's roles in the kitchen. Or Daniel Ricciardo dropping an N-bomb in, in a video blog for Canal. It goes on. Like, again, Hulkenberg is basically toxic masculinity personified. It's one of those... <laughs> 
like, I don't like pink. I'm going to bully this little Danish dude. You know, like, I don't like pink. I want to get out of it. Like, Give me the yellow car instead. Um, Etc. You know, it goes on and on. There's, I'm sure there's many examples we can pick out. And I know many people that support Lewis Hamilton did point out some of those examples as their sort of defense as they, towards... As just yeah. steering it towards whataboutism. Yeah, like, what about us, basically? Um... It's it's interesting, um, to say the least. The, the one problem with all the waterbeds is, is basically none of them have the, the sort of international recognition that Lewis has. Yes, he. Yeah, exactly. No, like he's, he is he's pretty much the the talent that transcends the sport, bar none. That's the problem. It's like people want to judge people's actions on social media equally when the court of social media is never going to be equal for Formula One because not everybody's got the same level of star power. It's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. Like Daniel Ricciardo screwing up is not going to get the reaction of Lewis Hamilton screwing up. Yeah, because within he- the past eight years, we've only had two world champions and only one of them is on social media. And the other one deliberately shuns that sort of life and is generally pretty well liked. So, you know, Hamilton is a lot more polarizing, so to speak, um, by default, really. Um, I know there's a lot of people. For, 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 Bless good you. Lord. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My, I think the roof just jumped up a second there. Um, but, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> no um, as I was saying, is that, like, my general two cents on this is that, yeah, I do agree that you probably shouldn't be mocking your nephew on social media for the world to see. Um, if, like, my attitude was, and as it's in the Dreamy video, was this, like, if the kid's happy wearing a dress, then, what, then why is it a problem? Like, it's, I don't see, I don't see the issue there. I know people were looking for one because people don't want to have difficult conversations about gender roles. It's been coming up a lot in the UK lately about kids in school being bullied for wearing dresses and things like that. I could go into much more detail that I won't for, for the sake of time. But I've generally in the camp of if the kid's happy, don't film him and then mock him on air about, you know, the fact he's wearing a dress and then put it on Instagram for your millions of followers to watch. Yeah. It's not good. I think there's also a bit of a power dynamic there where, like, you're making fun of your nephew in front of an audience of at least 5.2 million people. Your nephew can't right. defend himself. He does not have a following even comparable to yours. Not to mention he's a child. Yes, like, yes, and yeah, he's a yeah. child. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's another big thing in that. But as I mentioned, like the reaction was OTT. I'm not denying that for a second. Um, Lewis did write a at least in my opinion, pretty sincere apology on Twitter afterwards. Yeah, it's he, it's he, a much better apology than you get from most uh, most types like this in much worse situations. Yeah, well, he was very sincere. He said, "Yeah, I am. I am all for people expressing themselves how they want to." I mean, given that Lewis is such a fashionista, after all, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad he, he mentioned that because it, I'm, I, I, like, I mentioned this on on the, the Dream Vlog video. Like people that were mocking, like, "Oh, look at Lewis Hamilton's dress sense," and I'm like, "People, you can't be attacking Hamilton for that video and then attacking Hamilton's dress sense afterwards. You can't have this both ways. <laughs> like, like you, you're effectively doing the same thing he did, and that's not on. Quite frankly, you just look like hypocrites at that point. So you can't really do that either. But yeah, like 
it's I lost my train of thought for a second there, but for me at least, it it I feel like the like the 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 apology I thought was genuine. I think it was heartfelt and I think it was sincere. I mean. If there's one thing you can say about Lewis definitely over the years is that he does wear his heart on his sleeve. He is an emotive driver. He doesn't hold anything back. When he's upset, he looks like he's upset. I've, I remember in 2013 when he was going through that breakup with Nicole Scherzinger. You could see he was not the same dude. And you, you could see he was emotionally dealing with... We always with... remark that he is the saltiest loser on the planet. And that's okay yeah. sometimes, because when you're in a hyper-competitive atmosphere, I don't expect you to be a good loser, quite frankly, because it's hard. <laughs> and Lewis has always had his heart on his sleeve, and he's often said questionable things in the heat of the moment. But that's that's what human beings do, and that's understandable. And like I said, Lewis has always had his heart on his sleeve, and... We, I, I, I got to again credit Hazel's article about this because she made very good points about this in her post on Medium that we forget Lewis Hamilton has had to fight a lot of shit to get to this point in terms of you know class warfare in terms of you know money to get to Formula 1 in terms of racism in the first place given that you know we, I haven't forgotten 2008 when the second year he was in F1, Spanish fans were blacking their faces up um, in response to him, you know, perceivingly driving Fernando Alonso out of McLaren and back to Renault again. They they all blamed Hamilton for it and they blacked their faces up in response. Like this is Hamilton dealing with again racism, smack in the face. And he's had to deal with not being able to be his own guy. I mean, we joke about Corporation Hamilton, but Ron Dennis wouldn't even let the man grow his hair out. Which, again, Hamilton probably opened the door for a much more friendly, not-so-stuffy McLaren team in the first place. So, Lewis has had to go for a lot to get to this point, and it's easy to forget that, which often makes his faux pas that much more annoying in the first place. At least that's the impression that I get anyway, because... I think we often underestimate the power of, of, of good that Hamilton can do for Formula One, and that he is such an important driver. He's broken down barriers, and he's made the sport more relevant now in the social media era than anyone else. And it, I just kind of want him just to get his shit together because I want to like Lewis yeah. so bad. It, it's, it's like it's that you know that tried and true quote from Uncle Ben in Spider-Man: "With great power comes great responsibility." But Lewis does mm. not realize how much power he actually has. He has a greater social outreach than any F1 driver does. Like you could probably put two or three and, together combined. Quite frankly, yeah. Go on, sorry. Yeah. And also to quote to quote Mario Andretti on another English racing driver: "I respect the driver, not the man." Yeah. Because yeah, like we like you don't need us to tell you that Lewis Hamilton's one of the best drivers we've ever seen. He's phenomenal. He's a, he's probably going to retire as a top three or four racing driver to ever walk this earth. Um, by the time it's all said and done, I mean he only just turned thirty three a couple of days ago. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Lewis! Happy birthday, Lewis! Um, and whatnot. And you know, we all know he's an incredible driver, but he's not an incredible human being. And I, I. I like it's something that my mum reminded me of. I'll move this on in a minute, but my mum reminded me of this. Like me being the salty Vettel fan that I can be sometimes when he won the title at Mexico, 
Um, that I was gutted, obviously, because you know Vettel had such a great effort to even be a contender that year, and it all just kind of fell to shit by by Japan. And it was my mum that turned to me and said, "Dre, don't forget, he's a black guy on top in a white male dominated sport, and that's really cool. And you should probably get behind that." And I was like. You know what, Mum? You're right. Yeah, that's and... pretty much why I. That's pretty much after I. After I pretty much had to learn how to be a better human being about like five or six years ago. That's that's mm. why I kind of rioted on Lewis Hamilton. Like, yeah, he messed this up really bad. He apologized. This makes him better than most people in his profession. That he even knows this. Yeah, like Vettel's never had to come out and apologize for basically being a bit of a pig towards female interviewers you've never had Hulkenberg apologize for basically being a chauvinistic pig at times when it comes to yeah, F1 culture in general like he like Hamilton has taken it upon himself to apologize and hopefully a lesson learned I, I, I sincerely hope that he has I know I know people pointed out the the the, the, the tweets he liked afterwards I mean I, I would I, I cross my fingers in, and give it, was him the, the P, it was the PR people that done that. Yeah, apparently, like so. apparently it was his PR agency. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I don't, I'm not sure how often Lewis tweets himself yeah, and how I much mean, of that is his that, PR. That's a bit awkward. How Lewis Hamilton doesn't wait. Like Lewis Hamilton doesn't have an agent, but he does have a PR agency. Yeah, it's a it's a bit weird. So like you never really know if it's genuinely him or whether it's you know. Uh, his PR guys. It's it's always a it's a tricky one, unfortunately. Um, and again, I'd like to think it's the, uh, given the benefit of the doubt, given that he, a lot of his tweets are very sameish. That I think it was his PR guys doing it to save some face, without realizing. Wait, this can look even worse if you've apologized and then you've liked a bunch of tweets saying that you were in the right all along, um, which is clearly not the case if you felt the need to apologize about it. Um, so. Again, I hope that's the case, and like I said, I hope with Lewis, I hope it's a lesson learned, and um, I hope this isn't the end of Lewis on social media because, yeah. like, I hope this isn't the end. I, mean, I went by the fact he, he, I don't think he's really tweeted or put an Instagram post up since, um, since his purge, and I hope it's not the end of him on social media because, like, the sport is better when he is on the top and and and, and when he is driving social media for F1 in general, and I hope it's not the end of him on that Do platform. Do you think that this is all just a big conspiracy and that he's only doing this because he's got a new sponsor to show up? No. <laughs> no. I wouldn't give him that much I, credit, I was, quite frankly. I was going to go for the... He's, a, he's doing a Taylor Swift. There'll be an album or something coming out soon. <laughs> I, I thought that was just people just trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> There is nothing funny. We don't tell jokes about how Lewis Hamilton and Migos are going to drop the hottest single in 2018. Or Lewis Hamilton is considering a shock retirement and a switch to NASCAR and already has a Daytona 500 drive in the works, which actually puts him ahead of Danica Patrick. <laughs> who, More is, later. who is now dating Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Ha- how how did that become a thing? That's all I want to know. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, to wrap it up, I, I hope this isn't the end of Lewis on social media. I think we've got to like the guys that want to be all territorial about stories like this, and you know, just having camps of you. Like I said, it it, it felt very one camp versus the other. 
And I have no problem openly openly admitting that I think Motorsport Twitter is a cesspool at the best of times. Um, it's with true, a lot of I'm in it. Yeah, we're all in it, and we're all partly responsible for it in one way, shape, or form. I, again, I just, uh, I you know, it's that's why I took my hiatus because I thought the whole thing was just fucking bullshit. Um, and I, I and I just hope that again we react better. I think I just if we apply a little bit of nuance and and you know critical thinking to these scenarios. It would be better for everybody, but unfortunately, we do this on a site that's got 280 characters, and that can be difficult for some people. Yeah, like so. Le- like yes, nuance, critical thinking, and number three, most important that I learned from the Telltale games: no response is also a valid response. <laughs> yeah, very true. Right, very true. Are we ready to all throw this out the window when we talk about what's going on with Williams? what are you you doing you idiots you absolute idiots are you trying to get shut down absolute actually it's fine um what's going on see this is the cynicism kicking in here i told you this we lasted about 20 minutes on this guys well done (laughs) high high fives all around everybody Like, like, yeah, we're going to be more positive and bright about things. Let's look at Williams. Oh, everything's on fire. Um, Is it on fire, though? Really? Well, not really, but, you know, it's... You can serve a martini in a flaming shot glass. It's fine. It feels like it's on fire because people aren't getting what they want, not what's best for Williams. So, here's the latest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the latest on that. Um, it's well, Robert admitted today. I think a couple of hours before we went live on the show the day that yeah, he's not driving for Williams next year. Um, so that hype train has officially been derailed. Sigh. He needs, like, he the, needs a more worthwhile drive. If it, if it's just settling for like some drive at by callers in the WEC, it's it's not worth his time. No, it just isn't. And it's a shame because, I mean, let's not forget the fact that Robert even got this close is pretty much a walking miracle. If you remember the accident he was in in the first place, the fact that, you know, he's even gotten back up to this point is an achievement in itself. And he should quite rightly be applauded for that. Um, It's it's a bummer he's not going to be back, but a hell of an effort, Robert. And uh, well done, sir. I hope hope you get a drive that, you know... Bring him to the 500. Sure, why not? You know... <laughs> Given some of the names in there, why not have Robert in there? Like he, he, he'd fit in quite nicely. I, I think the no but... power steering would be an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Why do you people not like fun, King? Why do you not like fun? <laughs> I'm a logical person. <laughs> well, I'm glad one of us on this show is. <laughs> but I would like her fun without ex- ex- making it in- current injuries worse. All, all replying logic to situations. But the latest with Williams is that it's looking like Sergei Sorotkin's going to get that second seat. Which, again, might, you might as well kick that whole martini rule about 25-year-olds into the dumpster fire if this is going to be a thing. Because like, there's clearly a lot of smoke around this news. There's got to be a little bit of fire around here now. Sergei, I think, is, what, 23, I want to say? Yeah, um, if you'll recall, he, he's still just 22 years old. If you'll recall, Sauber had plans to put him into the Formula 1 seat at 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then that after that, Renault signed him. 
the latest in the we're going to hoard young talent in these academies like, move. <laughs> too many different teams have held Sergei Sorokin in high enough regard that like there has to be some claim that he's kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's got to be something there surely, especially if it pushed Robert out the door effectively. It's not just money. That's the thing that everybody points to. That Sergei Sorokin would not be in the spot that he's in without like sponsorship. That's what they said when he first came to Salver, and that's what they're saying when he's coming into Williams, potentially. I do just want to point this out, though, that in both of his full seasons of Formula 2 in 2015 and 2016, twice he was third in the championship um, with some with some giant-killing performances with Rapats in 2015. Nobody expected him to be on the radar that year, and he finished third in the championship. Yeah. Who did yeah. he finish the, the, the championship? Rio Harrianto, Mitch Evans, Alex Flynn, Pierre Gasly, he finished ahead of. Guys that have either in F1 or have been hinted to have F1 drives over the last two or three yeah, years. Yeah, like the four drivers that finished ahead of him in GP2 those seasons were Stoffel Van Dorn, Alexander Rossi, Pierre Gasly, and Antonio Giovinazzi. He's, he's good. If he didn't have money, there would probably be more of a debate of whether or not he would get the seat. So the money certainly helps. But it's not just all money. He's actually good. Yeah. It's 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 the Lance Stroll epidemic all over again, where it's like people want to zone in on the money without realizing, wait, you'd have the credentials to be in F1 anyway. It's just, you know, it's. I've always said it before, it's not the pay driving, it's the pay driver we like argument. Um, we saw Rivio Harianto, and we saw it with Lance Stroll last year, and again, Stroll turned out to be pretty darn good for a rookie this year, um, or this past season, and I think Sergey could easily be just as good in, in the same scenario for the 2018 season. It's it's just, I think, I think, I think there's a lot of confusion in the air regarding that, because again, we, we've always seemed to have like either known or not known about Williams and Martini and 25-year-olds and whether they're allowed to I actually have some young drivers like the or not. I think us, though, like if it came down to like Sorokin or Pascal Verlein, let's say, you could probably take Pascal Verlein. And maybe the sure. odds makers know something we don't, because uh, they don't have Sergei Sorokin on their 2018 odds list, but you know who they do have that's Russian? That's Danny Kvyat at 501 odds. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say on the whether Sorokin would be at Williams' front, whether he has quote-unquote enough money or not, I think the issue of having enough money is replacing Martini as a sponsor, because it's been widely known that Martini doesn't really give that much money to Williams. And Sergei Sorotkin has very, very well-known Russian motorsports sponsors, SMP. And maybe ah. we could see the Martini stripes replaced with the white, blue, and red of SMP Bank. I see. Um, yeah, I, I can see that being a thing, and yeah, like, but but King, there'd be no Martini anymore. We can't have any more cool red and red, white, and blue lines through the car. I was played out <laughs> after a year, Dre. You know it. Yeah, that's actually kind of true. <laughs> Very true. But I mean, I think that's partly that. But I think there's also definitely a, an, an underlying wave here where it's like people, I think, have kind of become disillusioned with Williams as a team. Like, I think people have just turned on Williams as a team a little bit here in terms of public opinion. I mean, the Lance Straw move split a lot of people already. The fact that they basically pushed Felipe Massa out the door was not ideal. Um, they've not been 
on the bright side of social media relations since Valtteri most likely lost him to go to, to Mercedes in the first, which was going completely understandable given the context of the situation. Like, so, like, King, are we going to, like, start burning Nico Rosberg effigies now as a result of this? Like, it's all Rosberg's fault. Him in his sudden retirement, mm, it screwed things up for everybody. <laughs> I'd say the, the thing that makes Williams more conservative in driver selection more than anything else is the fact that they are, uh, they, their team is publicly traded on the stock market. So they need to be financially viable at all points. They can't be seen as throwing away money or doing anything too risky. Right, so they've got to basically play it safe at every turn, essentially, because if they get it wrong and people don't like it, their value's going to go down. Sigh. Um... You know, it's it's a bummer because it, like I mentioned it before in in our team review as well for Williams, that it seems like it's a team that's just generally lost a bit of direction um, over the last two or three years. Like, what's the future of this team? Is like is is Lance, like Lance Stroll is good now, but is he going to be a team leader? You know, maybe two or three years down the road once he's developed a little bit more. Like, like what's the what's the ceiling on Lance and what's the ceiling on the team in general? Because it seems that Williams are slipping more backwards than forwards at the moment, given that, you know, Force India, you know, put some distance between them and Williams in the battle for fourth this year. And there seem to, I mean, there's going to be teams that are going to be gunning for them next year. I mean, Haas are going to be looking to improve. Renault are definitely going to be looking to improve. McLaren, obviously now with Renault power, are going to be thinking big things next year as well. So, like, it could be Williams slipping back by the looks of it. So, what do you guys make of that? Mm, yeah, I have a feeling that it's they're going to be in a tough fight for fifth next year. Yeah. It feels that way, doesn't it? I and think Renault's going to be riding that. That's still better grills. than what they've had in some recent years, as I'm always quick to point out. Yeah, if they, uh, if they, uh, if they, if they had, if they had anywhere the year like they had this year, that would still be a drastic improvement on the times they scored five points as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Like just not pretty. in a in a quick glance, like their stock price based on, like their stock price compared to what it was this time last year, it's actually up. It's up nine percent. The people want more Lance Stroll. No, you just want more Lance Stroll because you're the true. biggest caper for him out there. <laughs> Though I do have to point out, compared to where Williams was five years ago, their stock price is down twenty two percent. The people want Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, like looking at it, like they their stock price it got a big bump around. Uh, actually, yeah, around around the end of last year. Uh, I mean, the the end of the 2016 season, they got a big bump. Like for some reason, their stock price just skyrocketed. 2012, huh? No, at the end of the 2016 season, that the oh, stock right. prices jumped. Really? That's what, what actually. The hell yeah. That, then? Uh, when did they sign Lance Stroll? Because I think that hmm. might have been why they signed Lance Stroll and the stock price went up. It's like, hey, we're getting some money in here. Yeah, I'm gonna buy somebody these shares. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, very much true. 
but yeah, I, I hope Williams gets it together soon. And again, I think Sorokin is a darn good pick. I just think it's not the sexy pick. It's like, I don't think there was a sexy pick really for him at this point. <laughs> no. um, um, apart from people like Will Buxton out here teasing, oh yeah, they should try and get Joseph Newgarden or Alex Rossi. And I'm like, come on now. Which, which, <laughs> that's, which that's fine, but Joseph's not going to give that up. He's not going to give up chances to go see the best hockey team in the NHL. Yeah. What is he going to do? Watch watch EuroLeague hockey? Nah. He's not no, about that. Nah, like, no, like, and besides, why would he go to Pittsburgh anyway? <laughs> yeah. yeah, why would anybody willingly go to Pittsburgh is my question. Oh my I, have those bo- I have Bobati F1 championship odds. Hamilton at 5-4. Vettel at thirteen to four, Verstappen at four to one, Danny Ricardo at thirteen to two, um, Valtteri Bottas is fourteen to one, and so is Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Seriously, I do not understand why Verstappen is four to one and Ricardo is thirteen to two. People, do, people who are betting on this don't watch enough F one because Ricardo is is a monster. It's just, I guess people are on that Verstappen hype train. Four to one, and you said Vettel at thirteen to four, right? Yes. Okay, that seems about right. Yeah, like the, he was around the three to one range around around this time after testing last year. I remember, I remember before testing around this time last year, Sebastian Vettel was sixteen to one to win the championship. And if I'd have gone each way, I'd have hit it at eight to one. God damn it! <laughs> um, but uh, no regrets. Uh, <laughs> no regrets. But um. <laughs> 13 to 4 seems about right, but Verstappen at 4 to 1, like that, that, like, Valtteri at 14 to 1 might be, might be worth some each way money, if you're getting the half price at each way odds, but I think, I think they're doing one fifth at top three, so, um, it's not, it's not wonderful, but you'll get a decent return each way on Val anyway, if you, if you're going to go each way on him to win the title, I think that's, I think that's the value pick right there, if you ask me. Uh, but if you're a high roller, you'll you'll happily take Lewis at five to four. Um, he was thirteen to eight over Christmas, which I'm surprised he's gone in a little bit like that. But yes, if, if you're if you're throwing big money around gambling wise, do what I did. Like I said, do Lewis Hamilton and Mark Marquez. You'll get about three to one for, for as a double on that, or as a parlay, as the Americans would say. Um, <laughs> as a double, you, I, I got sixteen to five on it. And I think that's pretty good going, if you ask me. Um, as I said, amazingly, Mark Marquez is odds-on to win the MotoGP title next year at 10-11. to 11. No one else is within 5-1. to 1. So, yeah, like, it's kind of bonkers that how, like, the bike market is even more, like... <laughs> like, I love that the bike market's even more, like, narrow compared to Formula 1 right now. In F1, King, it's open season. Like, yeah, there's, like, there's, like four contenders here, easily. Because, because in... Because... Uh, F1's far more predictable, so people, like the bookies are, you know, it, odds making in F1 is easier than it is for MotoGP. You're less likely to ha- to book risky odds for MotoGP. <laughs> hey, you can get Dovi at 8-1. to one. Just, just throwing that <laughs> out there, people. Just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Like, you can, like, Dovi is by a mile the value pick. But, well, I guess at 10-11 to 11 is pretty much like nailed on if you ask me because I still think Marquez is the best guy in the field by some distance anyway we've got a ton of IndyCar news to get through here folks we backed it up we backed up the uh the the transaction truck hit him with it oh yeah 
We have some moves here. As of right now, we only have, I think, one full-time seat left in IndyCar going into the 2018 season. Um, one of the big ones was who was getting the 20 seats at Ed Carpenter. And it turns out it's going to be... It's me. Wait, it's, a... it's me. <laughs> Yes, no, it's not. Brian it's, it's... King, congratulations. <laughs> you are an IndyCar driver. How does it feel having realized this lifelong dream of yours? I know. It's always been my dream to have Ed Carpenter as my dad. It's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, King, like, how does he feel coming such a long way from playing F1 games at 60 difficulty? I don't know. I, I mean, I just... I, I practice for ovals. I, I'm not sure if Ed's getting get give me a chance at even one this year. <laughs> nah, like Ed, Ed will be taking his seat back. You know what Ed's like. He feels like he can still win oval races even at the grand old age of 57. Um, but uh, sadly, it is not our beloved Ryan King. It's his brother Jordan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you could not tell the resemblance, quite frankly, but. <laughs> Jordan King is going to be in the 20 car, at least for the street courses. I'm not sure if Ed's going to take the LZ. He probably will. Um, but Jordan Ooh, King is in. Ed has, said, go on, go on, Ed has said he's going to try and get him at least a test on an oval. Oh, good. So. Good, good. Good to know. Good to see he's looking after his new investment. <laughs> no, don't worry, we'll get you a test on an oval. Like, isn't this the same shit that held back Spencer Pickett's career? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ed, you're a nuisance. <sighs> now, in can fairness, we, I think the, the expectations are a little bit lower on Jordan. I'm sorry, Zoe. Go on ahead. Can we briefly mourn the, the loss of once more? Of J.R. Hildebrand. And his, <laughs> his hair, his, his insistence of wearing his sunglasses on his head, on the backwards, um, st- still trying to teach at Blooming Stanford or MIT or whatever. No, JR's, JR's got a great gig going. Don't give that up for the world, buddy. Yeah, I, I'm going to miss J.R. Hildebrand. He, he, he's, he's a good dude. And. Again, tremendous hair. Um, it, like rest in peace, J.I. Hildebrand's hair. Um, it, was, it was, it was, it was glorious. Um, can, can we also add that he, he frequently talks to his uh, the fake account? He does. Who? Like, I wonder who created that. I wonder if it's someone familiar. Hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> JR is out and uh, Jordan King is in. And I, I think RJ hit the nail on the head. I don't think the expectation is quite the same. Yeah, uh, as it is with, with Jordan Spencer King. Piggott. No, I agree. He has two Formula 2 wins, but they're both in sprint races. He's never finished higher than seventh in that championship. He won a British Formula 3 title, but that was the year after European F3 kind of pretty much took its place. However, this does justify the existence of the Manor Marisha Road to Indy. After Alexander Rossi and Matt Chilton, we now have Jordan King taking over the championship. It also helps that his dad is pretty loaded. Although, in fairness, Jordan King wanted to drive in something that where he didn't have to use all of his dad's money. And he's got it. Yeah, that's, that, that's one thing going for him. Wait, like... King, if your brother is loyal, how come you never got me a Christmas present before? <laughs> We've been best mates for like six years now. <laughs> uh, 
let's not talk about that. Let's let's move on. Let's. <laughs> you still owe me an Alex Morgan jersey. <laughs> I need it for the collection. <laughs> anyway, Jordan King is in. Wishing the best. Nice to get another Briton there. Hope he does all right. Junkos, they've got a, they've got a new part timer. RJ, tell us more. Well, it's as they say: if you want a winder, you gotta go with a bender. Oh. of Austria, former Formula 2 journeyman, former race winner in the Formula, I can't believe it's not Renault 3.5 series, has a four-race deal lined up to drive um, essentially in place of Kyle Kaiser, but not really, but kind of. They're only fielding one car all year, and Bender's going to get right. through the seats. Um, he is expected to drive the season opener at St. Petersburg, as well as the fourth round. That's the Indy Grand Prix of Alabama. I'm going there. And Yay. the Indy Toronto and Mid-Ohio. So it's all road courses for the driver who will be driving the same number as his hero did when he broke into Formula 1. That would be Michael Schumacher. And also, coincidentally, the car is green. It helps. <laughs> that Jordan. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, Rennie Bender is in there. I mean... I didn't realize they were only going to have one full-time car for the year. I did not realize that. Um, in, I thought they were going to have two. Are they going to run two for the 500 at least? Because they had two last year. Probably. They they would be smart too. I just don't know if Bender's ready for the Oval Test. I think you got to ease him in. I, think, I honestly think like maybe the jump to IndyCar out of the box is a little bit too much for him. Like, yeah, he has race wins in Formula V8, but that was in its last year. How much do you value that? Before that, his his best finish in Formula Two, he has a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven points finishes in Formula Two, mm, yeah. and that's we, over a four we, year we, span. We live in a world where Kyle Kaiser got more super license points than the than the Formula V eight three point five champion did last year. Yeah, and Should here's it, the thing: when you consider that Junkos Racing brought in somebody for Formula Renault three point five or Formula V eight. You know, you have a champion here who's got a bit of money. Oh, by the way, his family has deep ties with IndyCar. That would yeah. be Pietro Fittipaldi. I, I think it was less of they didn't want Fittipaldi. It's more like Fittipaldi doesn't want to come to IndyCar yet. I mean, that's understandable, but it, it would be such a good fit. In, in time, in time, we still have his. We, we still we still have his dad's car in Gran Turismo Sport to tide us over. It's a plus, you know. Yeah, Rennie Binder in there full time again, crossing crossing our fingers he ends up all right. We'll again, as RJ mentioned, we'll see him in the season opener in St. Pete in March. Um, so what about this uh, nineteen car, Mister O'Connell? Um, well, that's still been up in the air. A number of names have been floated around. Connor Daly, of course. Esteban Gutierrez is a sexy pick. But a new name has come up. Her reports from Racer Magazine, it's Canadian rookie prospect Zachary Clayman DeMello, who has emerged as an interesting candidate. And he's already pretty confident. He's, he's, he's already gone on the record and said that, yeah, he thinks he's going to get this oh. seat. Yeah. Um, it also helps that Z, uh, CCD has his own shoe brand. And, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we need to talk about the shoe brand. Every one of his shoe brands is, uh, every bottle is named after a famous racing driver. 
And they are. Uh, they are like Kanye. They are Kanye West levels of bad design. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, you can get the. Uh, you can get the Senna. You can get the basic Senna in white for one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Or, <laughs> or you can get it in Python leather snake skin for three fifty. And I thought Big Baller brand was ridiculous. <laughs> Oh my god! Like the, the Shumi slip-ons are like three hundred and fifty bucks at the high end, and it's just like, oh, like, like don't give up the day job, Zach. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Like it's it's. It should be also noted that when on when Race.com in the comment section, when someone pointed out about him owning a shoe company, the next comment was quickly, "Do you think we'll get models then? Do you oh think they'll send all pretty models?" And it was like, please no. How, how, it's more, how can you get from, oh, we've got a potential driver to, he owns a shoe company too. They'll have models for the shoes. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy model. to think though as well that Zachary is still just 19 years old and this is effectively going to be his fourth year in single seaters and he's already up to IndyCar if this deal goes down. He's an yeah. interesting dude. One of his grandmothers spent time in a concentration camp during World War II. He has his own shoe line. Um, he won a bunch, a whole boatload of karting titles. He trains in MMA and considers GSP his sporting hero, which means that in, huh. a, in a fight, he is most likely not to punch, but to put somebody in a fucking armbar. Lit. Yeah, he was also Indy Lights Most Improved Driver of 2017, jumped from ninth to fifth in the championship with a win of Road America. Um, he's an intriguing prospect. I just worry if it's too much too soon for him. Yeah. I'm, 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 spot, I'm, I'm, I'm spotting a, a trend here, folks. I, I'm, I'm in the too much too soon camp if it's for a full-time ride, but I've, like, I've heard murmurings that he might be splitting the car with other drivers. Which would be- it would be it would be very Dale Coin, wouldn't it? Oh yes, TBA is back in the building. <laughs> TBA, yes. TBA, the lineal champ. Their, yep, they want their seat back. <laughs> TBA has come back from a lengthy hiatus. <laughs> oh boy, that 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 should be interesting. We'll keep, again, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep an eye out for you. We'll let you know probably around the weekend of St. Pete itself who drives that number nineteen for Dale Coin. We know how this works. <laughs> so, latest in the 500 running order here. And uh, Mr. King, uh, Sam Schmidt's been talking about this lately. Yes, Sam Schmidt has been open that he's still looking to run a third car alongside his two full-time cars and the, the joint venture he's in with Michael Shank Racing with Jack Harvey. Third, third, third seat's not so clear who's going to be in that seat yet. There have been murmurings that he might run Juan Pablo Montoya after, you know, they were in talks to run him last year, uh, but he's denied that. There's also been murmurings that he might run Danica Patrick, and he's also shut that down as well. Yeah, in we, fairness, we, we, I we, think he's yeah. waiting on the check from Aaron Rodgers to come in. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to get Bay a drive in the Indianapolis 500, and it's going to be sponsored by State Farm. It's probably going to finish in the top five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
<laughs> I'd bet you a hundred bucks right now that doesn't happen. <laughs> but um, I mean, what's oh boy. more ridiculous, that or having Schmidt Peterson's third third entry co-funded by a man who literally murdered his wife and skirted all responsibility for it. This is a fair point. <laughs> yeah, French law is wow. weird. He wouldn't be the first driver to get off on that charge. I like that he, he had the subs of the, the first sentence was he had, he's not the first driver to get off. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> but um, yeah, boy. Um, I'm looking for like, uh, are they going to give James Jakes a call? They're going to give James Jakes a call, aren't they? They settled their dispute with R.C. Anderson. Well, still on the table. Maybe it'll be no. Santi, maybe it's Santi Arutia. That could work. That could work. Maybe they I bring mean, we got... back Mikhail Lotion for a one-off. Oh, Mad Russian! We got to have Mad Russian back. Like, I, I'd love to have Mikhail back. He's such a good. Possibilities are endless. Can we got to talk about bank that accounts are not endless. No, they're not. <laughs> We gotta talk about Danica a little bit because, like, like, like SPM's now the latest team to say we're not running Danica, and Chips pretty much said that they, they're not running Danica and next, Penske's like this not year. Doing it, and Andretti's booked up. Right, like Ray Hall's admitted, it's not going to be them either. Andretti's got their six car lineup already set to go. Um, guys, was Danica talking shit this whole time? Like. I'm starting to think she may have basically like overreached herself here. <laughs> I, I think I think she believed that hype was the biggest bargaining chip she had, and she did not realize how little hype she had left. It's like if this is not the Danica of five years ago, this isn't even the Danica of three years ago. Um, yeah. and, and, and poor girl. I'd probably take Pippa Man over Danica Patrick right now if I had a chance because hey, Pippa has more re- relevant experience right now. Well, Dale Coin's probably going to do that thing and take Pippa instead of Danica again. Yay! <laughs> uh, oh, Dale, I, I suppose she isn't every time she's done the Indy 500 been with Dale Coin. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, sure. yeah, it's been. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm right in saying Danica hasn't got a Daytona ride yet either, has she? Yeah, yep. Danica Patrick is still rideless for Daytona, which is a little over a month away. She's not going to get it, is she? <sighs> no, it's she. She's definitely she. She's obviously thought like between like her height would have been enough to get garner attention of a potential sponsor. Or a potential ride who would then, like, one or the other would bring in, like, the sponsor would bring in the ride, or the ride would bring in the sponsor sort of thing. And because she's basically announced it with nothing, any potential sponsors have gone, you've not got a ride yet, sorted, have you? Well, all the rides have got, you've not got any sponsorship backing, have you? And that's it. Yeah, she admitted about, I think it was two or three days ago, that, yeah, she's having a lot more difficulty securing these seats than she first anticipated, which was another way of saying I didn't have anything. Uh, again, as, as mm-hmm. I said, like, I was thinking, hey, I'm Danica Patrick, people should be lining up to take me on, and it was, well, no, not really, uh, actually. Um, so. uh, I have to say, the fa- you also have to say, the fact that, like, pretty much the first two teams out the bat to say, no, we're not going to have her for the Indy 500 with Andretti Autosport and Ray Hall Wearing Racing, the two Indy car teams that she did race for. Yeah, that wasn't a good sign. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if neither, because 
got her after them announcing they weren't taking her. They then announced they were having Carlos Munoz back in the car for Vindy. Yep. And Munoz is a weapon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like if somebody was like Danica or Carlos Munoz, and I was like, I take Carlos every time, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, uh-huh. it's not even the debate. <laughs> mm-hmm. But have you considered AJ Foyt? Oh boy. I don't. <laughs> uh, oh boy. That, I, I don't think the world can really handle that battle of egos. No, like, like, like. Trust me, like, you. The world would be replaced with like AJ Foyt's head and Danica Patrick's head as like the picture of the globe instead. I, I, I don't like, think they would last the entire month of May. No, like, they, they'd be furious arguments. <laughs> I mean, as AJ Foyt's own grandson, who's basically <laughs> at one point turned round to him and said, "No, I'm not doing this anymore," and walked out on him. His own grandson has done that. I yeah, can't but he see hitched, Danica. He hitched up with the Ursay fam. That's that's not much better. No, it really isn't. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> oh man. So, like, oh my god. Like, the the idea of Foyt taking on Danica Patrick is like my head just exploded at the very thought of this. It's like. You can't see, but there's smoke coming off my forehead right now. Just like my whole head smells like a burning battery. It's oh boy, that <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be keen on that. Um, or, or, actually, no. To be fair, from an entertainment standpoint, it sounds hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, like trying to think through all the teams that would possibly like. Cause well, who's left? You got Carpenter and Foyt, and that's about it. Uh huh. Because, like, Ganassi said no about saying no. Like, they, yeah, pretty they much had, their requirement was Danica needs to bring in the money. That that was like, mm-hmm. she ain't got that. Uh huh. But I mean, I think at this point, even if she was to somehow get the money together, like, I can't see them take. Like, I think she's ended up. They'll be. Like, obviously, there's a lot of guys who will go circle, circle around different teams and that, and I'm pretty sure you've probably had the other teams who have sat there and went, right, Randy, Bretterman, they all say no, and Dretty say no. Okay, why are they saying no? <laughs> I, I think she's post, like, because we always get a couple of drivers who have that reputation that then kind of falls them as that sort of a, yeah, they're good for this and they're good for that, but really, do we want to work with them? Yeah, different ball game entirely. Good luck, Danica. Mm-hmm. Looks like you're going to be needing mm-hmm. it, darling. Um, whew, speaking of IndyCar stuff, a little bit more, King. We've got some cool updates to the broadcasting. Broadcasting. Yeah, we got cameras, cameras, more cameras, fam. The new Universal yeah. Body Kit has more locations to mount different angles of onboard cameras. And the series have already announced that there'll be more visor cams in use during broadcasts. So look mean, for Formula you... One to announce that they're on the cutting edge when they eventually get around to this in five years. <laughs> when they're like, Sweet. IndyCars had visor cams for at least a decade now. But hey, they, they, they had it with Paul the rest of that one time in 2013. Pinnacle of motorsport, yo! We have thermal cams. <laughs> Oh my god, I've got uh, thermal cams. Yeah, boy! 
You could see just how cold Paul the rest of his new tires were when they were in the pits. <laughs> they were purple and everything. Even though I heard they weren't actually thermal cams, they were just what they thought how hot the surf the tire surfaces were. So, so they were fake thermal cams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That is peak Formula One production. How right much there. do you want to bet IndyCar gets microsector laps to work during their qualifying broadcast quicker than F1 can get? Oh, they they, they already have it. Like if you download like the the timing data from IndyCar.com, like they you can get at least like most of the tracks have at least like twenty different sectors. Like going through the sector time, you mm-hmm. can literally go down to micro sectors. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it's even when you're following, like, their wee track um, on the the car follower on, like, the live stream and that, you can tell when there's been an issue at one of the the timing bits because everyone sort of, like, stops all of a sudden until we get to the other side of that timing grid and then they continue moving down the track. <laughs> Wait, they, didn't they have that whole microsector thing for like one like one session in yeah. full one and they and dropped then, it because yeah, it didn't it work? Yeah, it messed up the rest of their timing. Yeah. <laughs> Peak I mean, F1. Oh, uh-huh. Also remember, IndyCar figured out how to do a rotating camera. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the new camera locations, <clears throat> besides, you know, the traditional... Uh, above and behind the driver's heads, there's also going to be cameras mounted in the nose itself, the side pods, and the rear attenuator. It's going to be neat. It's yep. going to be neat. Hmm. It's going to be fun. Definitely one to keep an eye on for, for sure. Now, speaking of TV... We have to report this. Um, in fact, I think Zoe insisted we report on this for some unknown reason. I um, was the one who brought it up, and I and I kicked. It this over is the your zone. fault. Yes, this, and that's this because, is your doing. And Zoe I'm was, the, fight was you. the sole person who watched it. It's relevant content. <laughs> no, Alex, it's not. Alexander it Rossi and Connor Daly are on the Amazing Race season thirty. You mean like all three people who still actually watch that show? Well, to be fair, they've got all the, um, what is it they call that, uh, Cody fans? Which is the, the pair from Big Brother. Yeah. Who seem to have a very frightening big following. <sighs> you guys can talk about this. I'm going to shut my headphones <laughs> off for the next ten minutes. Wake me up when, we're, when, you, when you guys are done. <laughs> Go, go on, Zoe. Review episode one. Tell, tell us about Alex Rossi's globing charisma. <laughs> actually, he's quite snarky. It's quite funny because they were talking. Like, obviously, imagine how, like, they're they're living together and Connor's actually paying rent, <laughs> just confirming the fact that he he lives with James for absolutely scot free. <laughs> See, James Hinchcliffe is nice. Yeah. <laughs> he he doesn't charge rent. He just cleans the pool every once in a while. <laughs> um, but no, they were they did not too bad. They they came fifth in the first leg, which was in Iceland. Because how many teams are there? There are eleven teams. As I'm looking at mm-hmm. this, and one of the other teams includes former NBA players Cedric Ceballos and Sean Marion. And competitive eaters Joey Chestnut and Tim Janis. 
Joey, Ch- they got Joey Chestnut on there. Yes, and and the Matrix, yes. Sean Marion. Okay, it's not it's not completely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to Connor Daly for being thoroughly midfield again. <laughs> Five out of eleven. That's peak Connor Daly. <laughs> yeah, but it was. Um, you had one of the challenges. Um, you had Alex went over a, like on a rope over a waterfall to grab a. Iceland flag and back again and then the next bit the corner was in a car and went round this sort of track where they had different letters mm-hmm. and then they were he was to organise the letters but it took him like two rounds to realise wait there's numbers with the letters <laughs> huh. which was to tell you the order they were to end the end Eventually you figured it out, but by that point, the, the four teams ahead were just, like, so far ahead that fifth was going to be the best they could do. But then they went, I can't remember the name of the town they went to, and they had to, part of it was, one of them had to drink cod liver oil, and the other one had to drink some form of really strong alcohol. And like Alex that. took the cod liver oil, and as the cod liver oil, Connor took the, the alcohol, and then there's been a wee sort of bonus clip where the two of them are sort of running afterwards, and Connor's just dying <laughs> because he's basically got an empty stomach, and he's just taking this ridiculously strong alcohol. <laughs> and I was like, I feel fine. Oh my god! No, no, Absolutely. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Connor drank the the oil because he was talking about how the fish oil just just sat in his stomach. <laughs> but I, I thought he's all thing. vegan now. I thought it'd be way up for that. <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> it's like he said. It's like it tasted <laughs> fine, but it's like now it's in my stomach. It's just sitting there. Yes, I'm. I'm gonna pour uh, myself some cod liver oil and three ounces of bourbon. I say as I could proceed to pour the entire bottle of bourbon in. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> yes. Next, they are heading to Belgium. I believe. Okay. I'm. I'm sure you'll report back with your findings. <laughs> Like See, the, the King, one... King, don't bring don't bring it back for at least another six weeks. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> when when's the best time to confess? That I actually was one of those people that was kind of following them while the the, the race was actually happening, so I actually know how they did. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a whole like amazing race form. Like, yeah, that's dedication. Yeah, that's delusion. What is wrong with you, Zoe? <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I just would like sort of once a week jump on, like or a couple, like every like when they were supposedly moving, I would go and see, like, are they still in? And just sort of left it at that. You had some the Cody ones were the scary ones. Oh. The Cody ones were telling people where to go and to make sure you only help them and try and confuse other people if you can. I'm not condoning this filth. I, I will not stand uh, for this. <laughs> also. Also, um, on the the amazing race forms, or one of the amazing race forms I went on, somebody who only found out that Connor Daly was diabetic went, I feel bad for saying this, but I hope this causes some drama. 
What is wrong with these people? Connor would embrace it. Just he would. his personality. He would. Oh, yeah. But it was just that kind of a... Who in their right mind was... the diabetic? Gee, I hope they end up in a situation which may result in them either having, like, a hypo or a... hypo or a hyper, like, situation. <laughs> Uh, speaking as a guy who saw his own grandmother have a hypo attack at the age of 11, they're not as fun as you think. <laughs> like, that would not make for great television, because it just involved my grandma having a really deep nap, basically. Uh, <laughs> so, no, you people, people who are saying this on, on the interwebs, you don't want this as much as you think. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, l- l- let me get this. Let me get this straight, right? Same time next week for, like, Zoe's Amazing Race Report. Yes? <laughs> Yes, or or we can just record. Yeah, because on, what are we uh, talk? Where are we going to talk about Sebring testing? Guys, we're getting to do. Yeah, everyone gets to do it now. Everybody's happy now. Sort of. Nobody is happy. Yeah. Well, I told you. I told you. Res- I told you. Resolution people, this is this is all going to go downhill from here. <laughs> Day hasn't complained yet. Shit. Give it another week. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was he done he would did today. Did he do today or yesterday or something? I, I I have not seen this. So I don't follow all day on Twitter. <laughs> I'm a terrible human. I I think Twitter sort of changed itself again because I've been half my feed today has been all people. This person's like this tweet, and this person's like that tweet. Yeah, Twitter is a trash fire right now. It's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if if they don't see a constant stream of like new tweets on your feed, they'll just add in like uh, what people you follow like. Sweet. <laughs> Which is fine and dandy until you realize that Polish everyone you follow is in North America. <laughs> this is true. Understandable. <laughs> It looks like Seb's and just been having to... fun at the Rolex 24 practice. Uh. True that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll come back in two weeks and we'll see how Connor and, and Alex are getting on. If I haven't strangled myself by then. <sighs> right. <laughs> Let's move over to Formula E. And uh, the first one leading off, and this is again news that came through the day as we record this. They have a title sponsor. Whoa! An FIA an FIA championship has a title sponsor. <laughs> yeah, this to me was like the craziest like I thought I was in an alternate reality like an FIA championship has a title sponsor. Does this FIA championship only take place in North America? <laughs> and it's not Monster Energy. <laughs> it's not Monster Energy. It's, it's a company bad. that is that is worth like multiple times more than Monster Energy. Yeah, it's probably worth more than Formula One is right now. Oh, they make more in a year than what Formula One is worth. Yikes! They're right there. Was a solar company in straight cash? Yeah, they they yeah. bought they bought a solar company with a billion dollars in cash. Yeah, so ABB is not a, it's not a name that you like recognize as being like as iconic as like Coca Cola or Red Bull or what have you. Um, but they employ one hundred thirty six thousand people and they pretty much handle 
all the behind the scenes uh, industrial infrastructure in over a hundred countries. Yes. And they are they are on the bleeding edge of robotics and industrial automation. So they are probably like one of our future overlords. <laughs> Wow, I mean, again, it's, it's still kind of crazy seeing that FIA Championship actually have a title sponsor. That's just bonkers to me. But hey, if it's going to be one, give it to the one with the giant robot arm and the shit ton of money. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for this, and uh, yeah, I've, all the cool guys in in Formula E press were down there seeing the, the the great big announcement about this, and they unveiled the new show car with the uh, a with the, the logo on the car, and it was you know it was you know cool and stuff. So you know, congrats Formula E, congrats Alejandro Agag and crew. You know, you got a title sponsor. Get that money. Um, Speaking and, of um, and it just uh, yeah, and it just just looks right. It just looks right with that if blue the, and if, orange contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice. I can't lie to you. Dragon racing, people. Um, I, I've I've seen the reaction to dragon racing on Twitter. It's not been pretty. Um, they're, they're really going to be struggling this season. Um, no Faraday Future as a sponsor because that company looks like it's up the swanee as, yeah. as well. And uh, they they made a big deal about bringing in Neil Yarny this year. And oh wait, he's already gone off the one race. Yeah. Oh shit! Neil Yarny <laughs> was brought in because they thought Dragon Racing was going to do a deal with Porsche that fell through, and Neil Yarny was just like, "Well, nope, bye." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, and now mm. Elizabeth has a new Argentinian son. Pachino is back. Pachino! Hey. Jose Maria Lopez is back. He did pretty well with DS Virgin last season, and it's good to see him back in the championship. How well he'll do with track and racing? Uh, judging from their Hong Kong performances, I don't know. God, we, we live in a world where it's like, yeah, we had a Formula E driver leave the series and end up with a different, unrelated team. It's funny how that turned out. <laughs> uh, Yanni out, no Porsche yet, sad faces all around, but hey, Lopez is back and, you know, he'll be fun. So, um, again, hopefully it works out for him, because yeah, he, he, I thought he was pretty good for his first year in the series. Um, so again, I, I hope that carries on going forward for him. Speaking of which, Formula E's also got their big rookie test in Marrakesh coming up uh, this weekend, I think it is. And uh, oh boy, the li- the lineup is absolutely stacked. Or as, or as we put it on our set list, thick double C <laughs> thick. Let us <laughs> let us run down at least the names you recognize. Antonio Giovinazzi for DS Virgin Racing. He's in the field. Maximilian Gunther for Dragon Racing. He's in the field. King's boy. Alexander Albon for Renault Edams. Harry Tignall's in it. Looking down the list, Danny Yucadella, Paul DeResta. Oh, when you think of youth, you think of Paul DeResta. <laughs> and also think of 36-year-old Gary Paffett and 38-year-old Frederick McAvecki. On the other side of the spectrum, you have Colton Herta getting a Formula E test. And Pietro Fittipaldi. And, and Joel Erickson at Diaz Virgin. This is a stacked lineup. And Nick DeVries and Maximilian Gunther. Yeah. And like, wow. Andrea Calderelli's even... in it. 
Yeah. Michinori Takaboshi is an absolutely stacked lineup. It's a who's who of, of names from around the motorsport world, old and young, stars of tuned, stars not in tuned, etc. It's, it's, it's great. And uh, boy, like, I like the people saying they should all just have one big race. Yeah. It's like, why not? Like, just have a race. Sod it. <laughs> yeah, just have a race in it. Like, you know, no, no one's going to mind. It'll be fun. Yeah, but there are also, like, a lot of other, like, caveats with this, I would say, if I would call them caveats, where, like, Giovinazzi's testing a virgin, but he's a Ferrari young driver, and Sergio Marchionne has been like, hey, maybe we should get Maserati to come to Formula E. This might be a step towards that. We have... Oh my god, uh, Joel Erickson's a BMW driver, so we might actually actually see him back here someday. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, we've got an actual race this weekend. Oh yeah. It's in Marrakesh. <laughs> yeah, one of the better tracks on the Formula E calendar. Lovely track. It's going to be great, I reckon. Um... Hey Zoe? Yeah? Zoe, I just wanted to let you know something real quick. Daniel Lapt has a 25%, 24% lead in the fan boost over Felix Rosenquist and Pachito Lopez. <laughs> I'm seeing nothing. <laughs> Through gritted teeth. <laughs> oh, God. But it's okay. Daniel Lapt's the funny one, remember? He, said, he says funny things on the Twitters. <laughs> it's not so bad, right? <laughs> Right. That's when I mentioned that Daniel Lapp was the one who got the fan base out of him and Lucas last race. When he's not too busy almost being killed by angry Swiss Formula E drivers, Daniel Lapp is winning all your fan boost boats. Oh, man. Fun. Those were times. Those are fun times indeed. <laughs> I'd miss those days. Uh, God, Daniel Lapp's fan boost. Sigh. I'm mad on Zoe's behalf. Do not give Daniel Lapp your... That's a waste of a fan boost vote, for God's sake. It's pointless now. The cars are so much more powerful that fan boost pretty much is like one overtake if you're close. That's, isn't that kind of what it's always been, though? Yeah, now it's even less of a chance. True that. Oh, one more thing before we go. Rolex! 24 hours a Daytona update. Fernando Alonso was there. Okay, that's saying. the end of the show, everybody. No, joking. Yeah, they had their they had their big uh, test of this this the past weekend. Before the twenty four, who named it that? <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I think it's I think it's pretty clever. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. We're, we're not Formula One oh, generic test. <laughs> Or like, or, or like MotoGP, where it's like, 2018 starts now. You were looking for a reason to think, like, yeah, this is the year the Cadillac absolutely get taken to them. Surprise, Cadillac 1 through 4 in the test. Woo! Ooh. Yeah! Smaller engine, same dominance. Yep. And led by Felipe Nazar in his first outing in the number 31 Wheeland Engineering Racing slash Action Express Cadillac. Yeah, he's what probably like, maybe they shouldn't have dropped him. Maybe Sauber's like, just looking like, we could have had that. 
Oh, you 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 kind of think that maybe a maybe a talented driver is gonna flourish under more competitive machinery and circumstances? Yeah. Pretty much. Acura Team Penske were fifth and sixth behind. And if you want to know the the entry that got everybody's attention, United Autosports number twenty three, the one that Fernando Alonso is gonna be driving in this race. Did we mention Fernando Alonso is in the Rolex twenty four? I think we did. He's fourteenth. You know what? They might be able to get a little bit of a last-minute cash injection from all the caps that Ryan King will inevitably buy. Nah, <laughs> one cap ain't saving them. <laughs> you you probably hey, want that one sec, one two scale of that helmet though. It's a nice helmet. It is a nice yeah. helmet. I, I, I might, I might get that. I, I got, I got my Fernando Alonso one last month, and it's a thing. Of, it's, it's, it's on my gaming console desk. It's a thing of beauty. Now I've got like a little smart bulb in, and I've got dim the lights. I didn't realize the orange is actually slightly glow in the dark. It's really nice, actually. Yes. Yeah, the paint works really cool. Um, my, phone, my, phone, my, my phone might have just enough battery power to take a photo of this. And I don't know if, the, if my camera will pick it up, but I'll put it in the Discord in a minute. But yeah, like, so, like if they get a one by 2 of the helmet, I will definitely pick it up, because it, ni- it, it is definitely a nice helmet. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. He that, also that nice made a one. dick joke. He also of made a, he a subtle dick joke about how the bottom strap of the seatbelts needed to be a bit longer. Yeah, I, 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 I got nothing for you on this one. <laughs> I, 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 did he say he didn't want to go any further because he didn't want to offend any of the female journalists in there? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think we should also mention as well, this is going to be Scott Pruitt's last race. Scott Pruitt has been racing since any of us were alive, and he's yeah, finally yeah. calling it a career. It, it is scary. I never thought this day would come. Scott Pruitt has just been a fixture in the in the U.S. racing world, and I just didn't think he would ever retire. He'd just drive forever. Yikes. Because, yeah, Scott Pruitt's, like, what Scott Pruitt's rookie year in cart was 1989, if I'm correct. Good right. God, that was before I was even born. I was born. <laughs> yeah, well, you're old. <laughs> that was the year me and Zori were born. Yes. And that was a good year. He, Scott Pruitt he... <laughs> has been racing for 50 years of his life. Yeah. He started go-karts when he was eight years old. He's just now calling time. Yeah, Jesus like, if, if you want to say, like, his major racing career, like, his first his first class victory at the 12 Hours of Sebring was in 1986. Damn. Jesus Christ. And, yeah, in uh in the GTO class, in, yeah, in the GTO Ford Mustang, he was co-drivers with Bruce Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. Hmm. Yes, now Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, shout out to Scott. Have a good one, sir. That is awesome. <laughs> Guys, I think we're just about done here, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, pretty I... much set and good to go. Um, this, was a, this was a good show. Back on that. We're yeah. back at it in 2018. 
you're back at it. We got over our hangover. Hopefully some decent news will drop in the next couple weeks. We'll probably be talking about that Formula E race in Marrakech as our main event of the evening. Because it's Formula E and something bonkers will happen. It's Formula E. Um, it's, it's, there'll be some sort of dive bomb or something. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, some as of we, us again, might watch the Dubai 24 hours as well. Just have it on the back of the Sure, why not? And I will be at the Autosport International show... Uh, by the time you hear this, I may it may have already happened. Probably not, actually, because Lewis is a very fast editor. Um, but I will be there. If, if this goes out beforehand, I'll be there on the Friday and the Saturday. Please say hi. I will probably have some t-shirts to give away as well, because I've got a, a shed load in the back of my wardrobe that yes. I've not mailed out to anybody yet. Get so. some shirts. Get some shirts. Um, you know, say hi. You know, Intentively, like... I might be driving in a 24-hour sim race. Yeah, shout out to your mate Allison as well, who you got into the show. Hi! Hi. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat the comment you said in the chat regarding that, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> All I mentioned is the takes were certainly good. Thank you for appreciating our good takes. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. In, in, enjoy. and Enjoy Zoe, I'm sure. Yeah. In, in, in your own special and unique way. <laughs> She's probably bright red now as I say this. It's great. Uh, places you can find us before we go real quick. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Again, two Dre briefs on there and a video blog. You'll be sick of my voice by the time you get through the end of it. I'm really sorry about that. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. At Harrison 101 HD. At RJ O'Connell. At Ryan Eric King. At Wee Zoe. Patreon.com com forward slash motorsport 101 as well if you want to financially back us and don't forget the new $10 tier as well you can be in this discord as I say these words next week who knows um, it, it, it it's bound to be fun um, oh and on motorsport101.net as well as I website for all that stuff and I'm slowly catching up with Grand Tour review episodes as well I didn't talk about it on this show because we were kind of a little bit pressed for time but I might do it on the, the, the show that's in the fortnight time we'll be actually halfway through the series by then so the band to get some interesting stuff coming up on there. Spoiler alert, like episodes one and four are pretty meh. Two, three, and five are pretty solid. There you go. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be back in two weeks' time, but in the middle of that, there uh, will be a bike live in between. If you haven't seen the Make It of 93, do so already. There'll be another special up in between that next week. We'll be back in a fortnight. Um, until then, I've been Andre Harrison. They've been Zoe Hamilton, RJ O'Connell, and Ryan Eric King. We'll be back in a fortnight's time for another Motorsport 101. Until next time, sayonara. Bye. <laughs> Bye. joke to end the show this week wow we, we actually we're we're about hour 45 we hit our soft limit now let's fill it with the with 15 minutes of banter <laughs> motorsport 101 after dark no this is the, uh, the this is the motorsport 101 uh coaches film room yes <laughs>